This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Happy Father's Day weekend to all of our pops and dads and fathers and patriarchs uh, listening to the show. Jay Baker joining me. You are a pop and a dad. Uh, Happy Father's Day to you. This is our weekend. I know. I'm excited. I sit back in my easy chair and let the gifts flow in, my friend. (laughs) I hope hope that's true. Uh, I don't know if you've you've got some plans today or not, but uh, uh, I've got something. I don't know what it is. My daughter said, keep the schedule open. Uh, don't plan anything. We'll pick you up later, and su- there's some sort of surprise coming. Uh, I I just hope there's some food involved, probably some sweets. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm into my sweets oh, and yes. I like my desserts, so uh, I'm sure there's going to be some ice cream and some hot fudge involved, probably. Uh, but we hope you're having a smooth weekend with your uh, friends and family, and your uh, for the dads out there for your with your kids, your grandkids. So I you know grandfathers count. Uh, on a Father's Day weekend, so we hope you're having a good time. I wanted to start with um, a survey, and I heard, I saw this or heard this before, and I, it made me laugh when I was this age, years ago when I was 37 years old. I, I'm pretty sure I heard about this, but I was reminded of this study, uh, and I thought it was very perfect for this weekend. Uh, according to a study, you start becoming your dad at age 37. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they've actually pinned it to that moment. They've that's pinpointed cool. the age. So as you're growing up, and I think of my dad, you've met him, you know what kind of codger he is, the the sayings and the cliches he used to bark at me in my younger days, my teens, uh, young adult. Uh, it was age 37 when I actually just magically turned into him. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I actually had a chance uh, recently to say something to him in context that he always used to say to me. So when I was a kid, and this is the difference between parenting in the 70s and parenting now, because there's just so much love and support now with parenting, maybe even helicopter parenting or worse. Um, but my dad, when I was a kid in the 70s, whenever I'd make a mistake or screw up or not think something through, he would look at me and say, how are you going to get through life? (laughs) That was his saying. And he used to say that to me all the time. How are you going to get through life? And it's kind of a joke between my sister and me. So for years, my sister, like if my sister knocked over a glass of water, I'd look at her and say, how are you going to get through life? And she knew exactly what I meant, you know, referring to my dad. And here reason, so my dad just turned 80. And uh, recently, uh, I was with him, and you know, I think he was telling me the story of how he he uh, he scratched up the whole side of his car. He bought a brand new car, scratched it all up, drove into the garage, scratched it up, destroyed the garage, destroyed the car. And I looked at after he told me the story, I looked at him and I go, "Dad, how are you going to get through life?" <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting fifty-one years to say that to him. So happy Father's Day to my dad, to all dads. Uh, and we're in the heat of the summer. You know, it's not officially summer yet, but uh, the temperatures, man, there were some 104-degree temperatures in Kansas this week. Uh, it's been 100 degrees in Denver. 
this week, so it's hot, and here's an air conditioning story for you. Um, During air conditioning season, the average American says 69 degrees is the perfect indoor temperature for their home. Interesting, because I'm going to guess that, yeah, the that's a little chilly for most or, but you're saying most people are saying that's good. Yeah. That's a little chilly for me. I, I choose 71, uh, 69. We, we'll pump it down to 69 if the upstairs is really hot. But the purpose of this study was to showcase when people will reluctantly turn on the air conditioning, which again is sort of father related to me. Cause when I was a kid, I'm sure you remember these days too, where your parents just would not turn on the air conditioning as if the air conditioning was like liquid diamonds or gold coming into your house. (laughs) It was just too expensive to run and it had to be a heat wave to start that air conditioning. And I remember, you know, in junior high and high school, I remember lying in bed at three in the morning, can't get to sleep because I'm sweating and I'm wet. The sheets are wet and the windows are open and maybe the high was 98, the low is, you know, the low is 79. Well, guess what? It doesn't get 79 in your house until ever when it's that right. hot outside. So it's still upstairs in a two-story house when it's 99 degrees outside during the day. At 3 in the morning, it is still 89 degrees in the house. So I just think of my parents not turning on the air conditioning. And according to the study, the, st- the survey, uh, it takes an average of five days for the average American to reluctantly finally admit it's time to turn on the air conditioning. So after spring, into summer, or at least into summer, summer temperatures, is five days later is when you finally go to the air conditioning and turn it on. And here's the best part. 55% of people surveyed said that they feel defeated when they actually have to turn their air conditioning on. They feel like they've uh. lost. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I mean, I can see people taking that seriously. I just have never denied myself air conditioning. I, I admit I'm a bit of a wimp. I can't sleep. If the house is 74, I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> well, there's there's certainly studies that uh, the colder the air when you sleep, the better night's sleep you get. So, uh, well, yeah, Father's Day weekend, summer, heat, uh, temperatures. Uh, this is the Adam Ritz Show. We're taking a look at public affairs, uh, hopefully having some fun doing it along the way. Uh, brought to you today in part by Vibonomics and their uh, audio retail systems. You can learn about them through Vibonomics.com. We've got a link to their website on our website. Just click their logo. It's the purple V for Vibonomics. And our website is Adam Ritz Show. Com. They handle audio, in-store audio, in-store music, and voiceover messaging and voiceover advertising between the songs inside grocery stores and convenience stores across the country. Uh, we now move on with our uh, resident father, uh, patriarchal uh, um, member of the of the show. You, I look to you as a father. You're a, a small, <laughs> tiny bit of a generation older than me. You're patriarchal to me. I look toward you for fatherly advice at times, uh, and we welcome you and your public affairs mind uh, to carry out the remainder of the show. Now, I'm going to just not talk, and I'm going to let you talk, because I'm a father, and I'm taking the rest of Father's Day off, and at the when you're done talking at the 30-minute mark, this is a 30-minute show, I'm going to say, Jay, 
how are you going to get through life? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. You're right. We don't want to work too hard today. That's very good. Uh, Uh, Well, here's something interesting. When you think about, you know, people in as they get up in years, the pandemic initially saw an increase in early retirements. There were, uh, you know, people who were kind of on the fence they clearly saw that people are going to be working from home. This kind of changed things. So there was uh, about a twice from last year's previous mark, about 3.2 million Americans just went ahead and retired at the start of the pandemic. Now that we're starting to emerge on the other side of the pandemic, an opposite thing is occurring. One in three Uh, retirement age decision makers will probably delay their retirement. And this is according to an Edward Jones poll. And this could eventually affect about 69 million Americans. I I was surprised at the number, but they say that about 69 million Americans will be staying in the job market a little longer. Well, that's good to know because of so many industries that are lacking employees that need workers. It'd be, you know, if, if you're going to throw another 69 million Americans that are going to retire uh, into the mix, you won't be able to go to Wendy's because there won't be anybody no. working. Uh, no, so you're good. absolutely I'm, correct. I'm glad people are holding off their retirement. I, I know uh, several people close to me that uh, have have retired in the last four months or they have announced their retirement in the last four months. Um, I'm going to announce my retirement right now. I'm done. Uh, I don't know when the date will be when I hang up my headphones and sit back in that Barca lounger and not do anything, but I'm announcing that I'm doing it right now. (laughs) No, that's funny. Well, and you and I know that there are certain jobs, like if you did incredible manual labor, let's say you worked in a steel mill, you would say, yeah, you should retire. I mean, physically, who could keep up with that kind of work? But I had a boss one time who wisely said to me, Jay, when you're talking on the radio, nobody sees that as work. So when you say I'm going to retire from the radio and yeah. do what? Nobody, Nobody's going to be impressed when you finally yeah. say uh, I'm going to not work because nobody has thought you had worked for the last 40 That's years. Right. It's pretty apparent you have done no real work. Uh, This is something we talked about this before on the show, and you really liked uh, sort of the concept of this. Uh, As screen times have increased because of at-home schooling and just people sort of being more at home in general, young people are somewhat at a risk to actually, you know, have impaired eyesight. So this was a famous thing brought up on our show. It's called the 20 2020 rule. Yes. And it's a good thing to remind your kids and how this works is we all like to stare at screens. So no matter what aged individual is in your house, every 20 minutes, they should for about 20 seconds view an object that's 20 feet away. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant branding. Uh, those three numbers in a row, you will never forget that. Everyone listening, me included, from this point forward, the 20-20-20 rule. Uh, I was even half paying attention to you right now, Jay, and I, and I, and I recall <laughs> what you said. Uh, every If you're looking at screens, iPhone, right. iPad, laptop, desktop, uh, even a, uh, an 80-inch flat panel that's 10 feet away from your head, every 20 minutes, 
look away for 20 seconds at something that's 20 feet away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that screen, we, my kids are cognizant with this. They've brought up, you know, my youngest daughter, she's 19 now. She'll bring up, you know, we don't know what uh, this much screen time for her generation is going to mean when she's 60 years old. They may discover that uh, that you can't see anything when after after 40 plus years of that much screen time, a few inches from your face for 40 plus years. So uh, the, if you're not cognizant of, of this, really unknown. It's a total mystery. Nobody knows how, how it's going to affect your eyes long term. Uh, then take the 20-20-20 rule seriously and... Every 20 minutes, look away for 20 seconds at something that's 20 feet away. Um, for that yeah, perception, that's a great too, idea. the 20 feet away thing I think is important because you're when you're looking at uh, your iPhone right in front of you, your eyes are kind of crossed because they're, you <laughs> they know, are, to yes. pinpoint, to for both eyes to look at one pinpoint eight inches in front of your face, your eyes are crossed. And if you're looking at a screen X hours a day, your optical nerves and the and the muscles behind your eyeball they're in a crossed formation that the human eyeball was not to not meant to be in for no. you know over the last x hundred thousands of years so the evolution of of the optic nerves nerves being that crossed for that long during the day that's why it's important to look 20 feet away so your eyes really in effect uncross yeah, no, it's a great point, and you just forget. And the focal point for your phone and your computers and all that are much too close. So this is a great idea. So always remember, 20-20-20, we've talked about it before on the show, and it bears repeating. Uh, here's an interesting story. Mackenzie Scott, have you ever heard of her? Uh, is this the, Did she just give away like $3 billion? She gave away just shy of $3 billion. She's the ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, and she actually runs a philanthropic arm that gives money to organizations. This latest giveaway was to 246 different organizations. Uh, but yes, this uh, is similar to another huge gift that she gave away about a year ago. Now, the most amazing part of that story is that you said Jeff Bezos. Is it Bezos or Bezos? See, I've always wondered, <laughs> and if I said it wrong, I feel bad, especially since I wanted him to give me a really nice Christmas gift. I mean, yeah, for several <laughs> years, I've been writing letters to Jeff Bezos asking for a yacht. And uh, if I've been saying his name wrong all these years, I'm, I'm not going to get that yacht. So you're, okay. you, you perhaps are not, but yes, you are correct. There okay. may be some regional pronunciations. Bezos, okay. Bezos, you say tomato. You say Bezos, uh, I say Bezos, but uh, seriously, uh, almost $3 billion she's given away to charity. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's impressive. Yeah, we've talked about that. You know, there's a, a couple of different philanthropic uh, situations where billionaires have urged fellow billionaires that giving this money away is a very positive thing. And to give you an example, uh, non-related in research, but it goes back to Mackenzie Scott. One of the companies that she gives to is a national charity called RIP Medical Debt. It's a national nonprofit that purchases and abolishes medical debts for citizens. 
That's a great idea. What a fantastic! Can you Isn't imagine the weight idea? off your shoulders if you've had family health issues and you are in debt, facing foreclosures, all the money problems that go along with that, and all of a sudden, uh, you get a notice from uh, from the RI. What is it? RIP debt. RIP debt. Yeah. RIP debt. Send the notice right to your house that says all of your health bills have been paid. Oh God, that I can't believe. Can't believe the the weight lifted off your shoulders after learning that. Yeah, I think it's just a, a great, uh, I had come across this nonprofit uh, about five or six months ago, and I can't remember whether I mentioned it on the show or not, but uh, they just recently worked with an Appalachian-based uh, health company called Ballard Health, and Ballard, uh, they bought $278 million worth of debt relieving the burden from 82,000 patients. And RIP was founded in 2014, uh, and they use donated funds, and they feel that they're efficient enough, Adam, that they said that they can relieve $100 worth of debt for each dollar that the organization spends. So they're very efficient to do this. To date, they have relieved 4.5 billion with a b in medical debts and helped 2.7 million families that is unbelievable that i think it is 4.5 billion for how many families for 2.7 million families that is life-changing yeah it's very impressive so that's another organization that mackenzie scott Uh, gave big money to recently. And then in general, uh, this surprised me, uh, though I always know that sometimes in hardships, Americans are just very generous. But Americans gave $471 billion in charity for the year 2020. And we all know what a you know special year 2020 was going down oh, in history. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a whole lot of people needed some charity and some help uh, during yeah. 2020. So that's great to hear that yeah, overall that was Americans up, stepped up. Up about 5% overall, and that's impressive. And obviously those uh, funds go to help. Uh, here was something that was fun. This is already happening, so you can't jump on, but this might be something you might think about next year. But there is a bourbon company in Bardstown, Kentucky, that uh, they have a uh, event called the Ultimate Bourbon Giveaway. So they've created a nonprofit bourbon charity that has raised $1.2 million in the last couple of years, and they've donated to over 26 charities. But it's basically the ultimate bourbon uh, festival for anybody in your family. If dear old dad's a big bourbon aficionado, it's basically a big luncheon and a lot of different silent and uh, not silent auctioning uh, of these great bourbon products because in Kentucky, of course, they have access to great bourbon. That is, yeah, that's a great little uh, Father's Day tie-in there. A lot of a lot of dads are into bourbons, and it's good to know that uh, the bourbon industry is helping out. One of the things uh, that we always like to do is to keep you safe here on the Adam Rich Show. And here's a shocking figure coming out of Colorado. There were 500 car break-ins last year, 
from bears in Colorado. <laughs> Apparently. I thought this was going to be a crime report. And, yeah. uh, and then you said bears. Uh, were, you thought unless, to yourself. You, were yeah. these Chicago bears? <laughs> the Chicago bears. What are they doing in Colorado? Why are they in Colorado? Is that where camp is? Summer camp. This is Yogi and Boo Boo okay. in Colorado. But I, I found this to be astonishing. First of all, you know, 500 car break-ins, just to be able to quantify that and associate it with bears. The latest one was in Douglas County, Colorado. They think that the bear actually, and you talk about a good nose because these beers were still in the can, but somebody had left a case of beer in the backseat of their car. And this bear actually entered the unlocked vehicle, got stuck in the car literally destroying the interior of the car and uh the cans were badly dented but unopened so uh you know this chicago bear said hey i'd like to have a brewski 500 break-ins um do we know if it's the same bear that did all 500 break-ins because maybe there's just maybe it's just one bear that came from a broken family uh, and we, we don't want to condemn all bears. You know, there weren't how many, I want to know how many bears was it 500 different bears that broke into 500 different cars or was it the same bear? I think that's important to know. We need to get to the bottom of this problem, but I thought that was absolutely amazing. So apparently with unlocked vehicles, the bears actually know how to operate the door handles. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That is amazing. They need. We need yeah. to get to the uh, engineers in Detroit at the car makers and, and design a, a doorknob that a bear can't use. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of interesting as we kind of come out of COVID and we may be visiting more of our friends and family. A UK company did a survey and said, what are some of the worst habits you can have as a visitor to someone else's hand, oh, someone else's house? I heard some of these recently. Yes, these are these are fun. These are terrific. One of the visitor bad habits is wiping your hands on the couch. Now, when I read that, I thought surely people are not wiping their hands on the couch, but apparently a large enough problem that it's worth mentioning. It's just mind-blowing to me that, (laughs) that, I mean, think about that. If you were visiting anybody's house, and even if you weren't eating, let's just pretend you're sitting there. You're just sitting there. You're just sitting on their couch. Would you actually take your hand and wipe your hand off on their couch? Now, let's let's add in a piece of pizza. You're eating pizza or Cheetos or anything, and and you wipe your hand on their couch. I just, I can't even imagine that kind of person. No. But it's the, you're first, getting, it's the first thing that popped up in the survey, isn't it? Yes, it is the first thing, wiping your hands on the couch. And you mentioned a couple of agrarious foods, both pizza and Cheetos dust, and perhaps a combination of the two. That may not even come out of a couch. You and I know that. That could take years and thousands of dollars to take care of. I just think in the realm of possibilities, uh, spilling a glass of wine on the couch or on your carpet is a higher probability of something ha- something happening from a house guest that, that would bother you. And and it would be <laughs> 99 times out of 100 an accident. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't, I can't imagine, I don't, I've known, I don't know, let's say I've known 18,000 people over the course of my life. I don't know if one of them would come to my house, 
have some Cheetos, and then wipe their hands on my couch. And if, if they did, I would think all of them would know. I would grab them by the back of the neck and throw them out of my house. What you're basically saying is this is a showstopper. Somebody wipes their hands on your couch, they're going into the yard. I'm just saying I didn't know that hand wiping of the couches was a major issue of, in society today. See what I told you? You're going to learn something today. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's a big enough it problem is. that it's it's been discussed on almost every television and radio show and podcast <laughs> in the last 10 days about how many people wipe their hands on their friend's couch. Yeah, it's a serious situation. Now, this was a United Kingdom survey, so maybe it's more prevalent in our visitors across the pond, but it is definitely an issue. Now here, that, but that's not the only issue, Adam, as you might, you might be asking me, Jay, is that the only issue? And it is not. Uh, there are other issues. Look, I know, I know you have a list there and you want to get to them, but I want to go yeah. back to wiping hands on the couch. <laughs> we all do. That's no. important. We want to really touch on this. I can't get past this one. Hold on. Let's start over now. Okay. okay. What else, what else is on the list? <laughs> Putting your feet on the furniture is considered poor form when visiting your relatives or friends. Of course. And we've all seen that where the guy puts his big old hiking boots up on your nice coffee table. I mean, I can't even put my feet up on my furniture in my own house. No. Uh, no. Melissa would, you know, she slaps my feet. <laughs> Nor should you. Okay, yes. what's, what's next on the list? Uh, swearing. You go to somebody's house, you're just sitting around, maybe you're watching a sporting event and you let loose with a stream of expletives. That is considered poor form. That's kind of poor taste. I think it's okay if you're both watching Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> quoting your favorite lines from that movie. Uh, showing up unannounced is considered very poor form. And, you know, if you think about it, I guess it could happen, though. You know, I just have never, ever showed up unannounced because I know what a weird thing that would be for my friends. I absolutely agree with that one. Any Anybody's house I'm going to, I will uh, text or call before I get there and say, hey, are you home? Can I swing by? Uh, yeah. Especially, and I know the, you know, the question is, what if you're just in the, in the neighborhood? You, it was a last minute thing. You just realized, oh, you know what? Jay lives in this neighborhood. I'm going to swing by. Well, I, you got to text. And if I don't get an answer back, I don't stop. Uh, huh. And the only exception is my parents' house. I still show up there. I, I try to text or call. Uh, but some, you know, when you're driving, you don't want to text. So sometimes, in fact, recently, just last week, I just pulled in the drive. I was driving by. I'm like, I'm going to stop by and see mom and dad. Pulled in the driveway. Uh, used my key, walked in the house, and my parents were ecstatic that I was there. So I think oh, that's the only exception where you can stop by unannounced. Other than that, even my own sister, I call or text to say, hey, I'm swinging by. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. And and as you said, just I think if somebody just showed up unannounced, they, even if it was your very, very best friend, you'd be a little uncomfortable. But when I show up unannounced um, at my uh -huh. sister's house, I do not yes. wipe my hands on her couch <laughs> because her couch is dirtier than my hands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, you. I'm just kidding. If Jennifer's listening, I apologize. She's listening. Yeah, right now. She has a great Don't couch, you... clean couch, perfect couch. I just think maybe there's a whole new issue there. Have you, have you wiped your hands on somebody's couch and then your hands got dirtier? 
<laughs> that's a problem. Do you immediately ask for Cheetos? That's that's the first clue that a hand is going to wipe on the couch. Uh, here was one that I thought was interesting, and it kind of falls into what we've talked about with screen times. If you ask for your uh, guests' uh, Wi-Fi password right away, that's considered somewhat rude. Hmm. So uh, you show up at their house and you go, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? Well, I guess if you say that before you say hello, that's kind yes. of rude. But uh, uh, you know what? And I also can see how it might be rude if I'm showing up to your house and instead of having human interaction and in a conversation with you, a person I love or respect, I'd rather just get right on my device and get on Wi-Fi <laughs> and ignore you while I play a video game or check my Facebook. Well, so, I check I Facebook, Twitter, and get on, yeah, and post. Well, yeah, I thought it was interesting what the article went on further to say that there is sort of a prescribed time. Like if you've been there for a while, it may not be rude to ask for the password, but you absolutely nailed it. Uh, by asking for it straight away, it makes you look like, no, I'm going to be much more interested right. in looking through ESPN scores right. than yeah. hearing what you have to say. That is interesting stuff, Jay. And uh, uh, when we hang up, I want you to send me your password. So I'll put it on my <laughs> phone so I don't even have to ask you when I get to your house. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Happy Father's Day weekend, and uh, we hope you have a great rest of the day with your family and friends. And uh, we appreciate you listening. You can check us out on Facebook dot com slash yacht rock yacht rock radio that's my other show uh you know what i'd like check it out facebook.com slash yacht rock radio you're curious especially for the dads some people call it dad rock uh my adam ritz show facebook is facebook.com slash adam ritz show the adam ritz show is recorded live in studio at the vibonomics worldwide headquarters learn more about the vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at vibonomics.com for information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.